Okay, brother. Um, it's uh, it's recording, and so uh, today we are going to talk about the dispensation of the kingdom. Okay, and um, a lot of people think that the theme of the Bible is you know, like salvation of man or something like that. But the theme of the Bible is the king and his kingdom. All right. So go to Revelation 19, 11. This is the start. This is the start of the dispensation of the kingdom. Revelation 19.11. Are you there? Okay. Yes. All right. Revelation 19.11 says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Right, so this dispensation starts at the second coming of Christ, or a second advent, if you will. Um, this kingdom dispensation is the seventh dispensation and the last. You know, seven in the Bible means the number of perfection or completion. Right, and um, this is the establishment of the Lord's kingdom on earth okay uh and christ will rule from jerusalem for 1000 years right? or for a millennium all right so uh god sets up his kingdom so that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven all right look at matthew 6 verse 10 Matthew 6, verse 10. And this is the, the so-called uh, Lord's Prayer. Right? And, um, well, actually, let's start in verse 8, and we'll go to 10. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come that will be done in earth as it is in heaven. All right, so that's kingdom there. All right, and so um, there are some different views about the kingdom. Uh, the first one is a post-millennial view. And this view teaches that all prophecy of the book of Revelation has been fulfilled in the first century. And his kingdom here on the earth has already been set up through the church. 
Now, 2 Timothy 3.13 will refute that. 2 Timothy 3.13. Timothy 3.13. Now, notice this is the 13th verse. The number 13 in the Bible is the number of perfection or uh, number of rebellion. Sorry. It's the number of rebellion. So, so verse 13 says, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now go to Matthew 13, 33. Matthew 13, 33. Are you there? I'm there. Okay. This is the 13th chapter. Mm. Another parable spake he unto them. The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leaven. So leaven is a type and picture of false doctrine. And so the church is so infiltrated with false doctrine. You know, even um, some Catholic doctrines, you know, have gotten into the church, such as replacement theology, you know, that, that the church has replaced Israel in God's plan. So the church is not going to change the world, it's not going to make it any better. And then um, the second view is a millennial view, like atheist. Now, there is no God. A millennial view. There is no millennium. So this view teaches the world will continue as it is now. The Lord will come quickly and separate the good from the bad. Jesus will rule in our hearts, and there is no millennial kingdom. All the references to the millennial kingdom are spiritualized, and they're, they're spiritualized, and they're not literal. Okay, and then the first coming of Christ is literal; the second coming is figurative. But we know that's not true. All right, we know. That Jesus Christ is coming back, Amen. and it's come and he's coming back because the King James Bible says he's coming back, and that's God's word, and God cannot and will not ever tell a lie. Amen. Amen. All right, and then the premillennial view—that is what we believe. Right? And this view teaches all prophecy of the second coming of Christ 
are all literal. Jesus will come back boldly and will stop somewhere in the air and call his children home, dead and alive, for the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then, you know, after after all that, um, he's coming back to earth physically. Right? And, he, and he steps on the Mount of Olives and and uh, the Mount of Olives will will split open, you know, split in two. So um, after the seven year tribulation period, all the saints will come back with Christ to reign for a thousand years. All right. But that's not that's not all. It's not all saints will reign. And I'll get into that later on. Okay, so uh, this kingdom is forever, uh, but the dispensation of the kingdom lasts for 1,000 years. Okay, and so we're always to believe what the Bible says, um, and it is very dangerous uh, and unsafe uh, to spiritualize the whole Bible. And I used to do that. I used to spiritualize everything. Well, I can't say everything, but you know, like like the the animal sacrifices and things like that. You know, I knew that wasn't for us. But most things I most things I spiritualized until I learned dispensationalism by the grace of God. Amen. All right. So Jesus will reign from a visible throne in Jerusalem. And it's going to be on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. All right, look at Jeremiah 22, 2. And we're going to, we're going to go through several verses here, brother, um, that, that will show that, that he is going to rule from Jerusalem. Okay, Jeremiah 22, 2. And let's read one as well. And you can read that, brother, if you want. Uh, I'm still turning. Okay. And you said Jeremiah 22. 20, 22. Verses one and two. Okay. okay. It says, Thus saith the Lord, Go down to the house of the king of Judah and speak there this word and say, Hear the word of the Lord, O king of Judah, that sittest upon the throne of David, thou and thy servants. And thy people that enter in by the, by these gates. Amen. Now go to Second Samuel three verse ten. Yeah, because we're we're supposed to compare scripture with scripture. Amen. Second Samuel three verse ten. Let me get there. And we'll read nine as well. 
So do God to Abner and more also except as the Lord has sworn to David, even so I do to him to translate the kingdom from the house of Saul and to set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah from Dan even to Beersheba. All right, now go to 1 Kings 135. And we'll read 34 as well. First Kings chapter 1, verses 34 and 35. You can read that, brother. <clears throat> you said 34 and 35? Yes. Okay. And let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him their king over Israel and blow ye with a trumpet and say, God save King Solomon. Then, sh then ye shall come up after him that he may come and sit upon my throne for he shall be king in my stead. And I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. Amen. Now go to Psalms 59, 13. Psalms 59, 13. Consume them in wrath. Consume them that they may not be, and let them know that God ruleth in Jacob unto the ends of the earth. Salah. Jacob is Israel. Man. All right, now go now go to Isaiah 12, verse 6. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Okay. Uh, Jeremiah 3, verse 17. You can read that, brother. At that time, they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered unto it, to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. Neither shall they walk any more after the imagination of their evil heart. Okay, one more. Uh, Jeremiah fourteen twenty one. All right. Do not abhor us for thy name's sake. Do not disgrace the throne of thy glory. Remember, break not thy covenant with us. All right. So God gives Christ the throne of David. 
right? And Christ will sit on that throne, right? And uh, and he will rule for 1,000 years or a millennium. The government that will be established at that time uh, will be a theocracy, meaning that God has total control of the government. Okay, now, uh, one thing that, that uh, I forgot to mention when we started, and, and I just I just thought about it, you know, and that is that uh, in between the church age or the dispensation of grace and the dispensation of the kingdom is the seven year tribulation period. And some will take that tribulation period and will uh, make it to be its own um, its its own uh, dispensation. I I don't do that. Um, one reason is because the seven year tribulation period reverts back to kingdom doctrine. Right, and back to Israel. So and and uh, and also, um, let's see, if if we make it a, a dispensation of its own, then that would be eight dispensations. And I believe that God works in sevens. Because seven is the number of perfection or completion. And eight is the number of new beginnings. Okay, so the dispensation, the dispensations are complete. All right, at seven, what I believe. Okay, so this is a this government is a theocracy. God is in total control. And also it seems like uh, David will also be a co-ruler. Okay, look at Jeremiah 30, verse 9. Jeremiah 30, verse 9. But they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. Now go to Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel 34, verse 24. You want to read that, brother? Yes says, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken it. Yeah, I, the Lord, have spoken it. So when the Lord speaks something, it happens, and nothing can be done about it. Amen? Amen. All right. So also the 12 apostles. The 12 apostles will rule over the 12 tribes of Israel in the kingdom. Look at Luke 22. Luke 22, 
And uh, we'll read verses 28 to 30. Luke 22, verses 28 to 30. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations, and I appoint unto you a kingdom, as my Father hath appointed unto me. Verse 30, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. All right, so Christ is talking to his, his uh, 12 disciples there. Right, um, also, the saints, the saints of God will rule as well, but it's not all the saints. It is those that have suffered, those that have suffered for Christ. Okay. Um, look at Second Timothy two verse twelve. Second Timothy two verse twelve. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. So you ask, how can we deny Christ? Look at Titus chapter 1, verse 16. Titus chapter 1, verse 16. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. Being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work, reprobate. So we can deny Christ in our works. Not doing any works for the Lord. But that does not mean that you know, if, if, if a person has put their faith and trust in Christ and his death, burial, burial and resurrection, uh, but yet does not do any good works for the Lord. That doesn't mean that they're not saved. Doesn't mean that at all, because, you know, we're saved by grace through faith. You know, and some people say that, well, you know, this person says they're saved, but but uh, they're they're not because they don't do anything for the Lord. They don't have any fruit. <laughs> but it doesn't mean a thing. Right. Good works also is not an indication of salvation either. It's not always an indication of right. salvation. So. 
So we can deny the Lord by our works or, you know, not working. All right. Now, um, before the kingdom uh, can be set up, Israel needs to become a nation. And this has already happened. And it happened in 1948. Okay. Uh, look at Ezekiel 34. Eleven to thirteen, and you can read that, brother. Ezekiel thirty-four verses eleven to thirteen. Okay. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out, as a as a shepherd seeketh out his flock. In the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. Amen. All right, so so this this uh, partially happened in 1948 when Israel become a nation, but Israel is still scattered. All right, they're scattered throughout the world, but when Christ comes back at His second coming, He is going to bring all of scattered Israel back to the promised land all right so uh israel must be spiritually rejuvenated and they will receive christ at his second coming all right that is that is the purpose of the seven-year tribulation period it is to get israel saved as a nation all right so um look at Ezekiel 36 Ezekiel 36 and uh we'll read verses 22 to 28 Therefore say unto the house of Israel thus saith Lord God I do not this for your sakes O house of Israel but for mine holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whither ye went. Now I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. For I will take you, for I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. 
and ye shall dwell in the land that I gave that I gave to your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. Okay, now go to Romans 11, verse 25. We'll start in 25 and we will go to 29. You want to read that, brother? Yes. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Sion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the father's sakes. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. All right. So, so you see there that um replacement theology is a farce it's a lie okay god is not through with israel they are god's chosen people and they always will be right and uh, one day they're all going to be gathered back right uh to the promised land uh israel will be saved as a nation okay and those that that believe that replacement theology is is correct what does the bible say here in verse 25 for i would not brethren that you should be ignorant of this mystery lest you should be wise in your own conceits so if a person believes that replacement theology is correct the bible says there that they're ignorant and they're conceited and and I have I have heard that I have heard that from um, a, a pastor here in the Philippines. I I was at a, at a church service one one day, and uh, the pastor had a, a guest preacher, and uh, this guest preacher said that the church is spiritual Israel. But we are not spiritual Israel. We are the body of Christ. Amen. Now, also, you will see um, in verse 27, for this is my covenant unto them. When God makes a covenant, he does not break it. God is not a liar. Okay, God is true. Okay, and then you'll see in verse 29 there, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Repentance is a change of mind. Right? And, and so God called Israel out of slavery and bondage in Egypt so that he could be their God and they could be his people, and he's not going to change his mind about it. Amen? 
And the gifts, I'll mention a gift here really quick. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. One gift that we have is the free gift of salvation. Once you are saved, you're always saved. By believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting his death, burial, and resurrection, his precious shed blood. You're saved, you're sealed into the day of redemption, and that's the rapture. Amen? So, if, if Israel would have accepted Christ and his kingdom, then Christ would have set up his kingdom. Now, I'll show you. Uh, look at Acts 7. Acts 7. And let's read 51 to 60. Are you there? Yes. All right. And th this is this is Stephen preaching. And um, at the beginning of his preaching, he he gives a background of of Israel. OK. And then later on, he starts uh, preaching Christ. And uh, starting in verse 51, Ye stiff neck and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted, and they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the, the disposition of angels and have not kept it. When they heard this, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. That's what preaching is supposed to do. Cut at the heart. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Now, why do you think that Christ was standing? At the right hand of God and not seated at the right hand of God. I'll get into that a little bit here in a minute. Uh, and said, Behold, verse 56, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. Uh, and the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was. Saul, that's the future Apostle Paul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Verse 60, and he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Can you imagine? And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin. To their charge. How about that? Now, why do you think 
that Christ was standing at the right hand of God instead of seat instead of seated or seated there. It's because at this time of Stephen's preaching, Israel was being reoffered their king Christ and his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And they rejected him, they rejected his kingdom. But if they would have accepted him and his kingdom, then Christ would have came back and set up the kingdom of heaven. There wouldn't be a church age. But because they rejected Christ and his kingdom, then God took Israel and put them to the side. And he is now dealing with a parenthetical church age, meaning that it has a beginning and an end. Okay. So um, during this kingdom, uh, animal and uh, human relations will change. Okay? Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11. And let's read verses 6 to 9. You can read that, brother. Okay, it says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them, and the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the suckling and the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Amen. All right, so so uh, animal and human relations uh, will will change, and also uh, remember in uh, Genesis uh, chapter three, uh, God puts a curse on the ground, right, with uh, thorns and thistles, and He makes it harder for man to work. Now, man will work in the sweat of his face, right? Um, so. Also, in uh, this millennial kingdom, that curse on the ground will be lifted. Okay, look at uh, Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36 and verse 35. And they shall say, this land that was desolate is become like the garden of Eden, 
and the waste and desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. Amen. So the curse of the ground will be lifted. Um, also, during this millennial kingdom, Satan will be bound for a thousand years. But even so, man will still sin. Okay, and then uh, he will uh, he will be loosed for a little season, and he will cause havoc once again. And so, this dispensation of the kingdom will end in apostasy just as all the others, all the other dispensations ended in apostasy. Man will still rebel against God, okay? So, after this, there will be a new heaven and new earth. Look at Revelation 21. Verses 1 to 5. And I saw a new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth was passed away, and there was no more sea. That sea there. That's not the seven seas that, that are on the earth. That, that is the sea that is up above the second heaven and below the third. It is the crystal sea, the deeps. And what that does is it divides time from eternity. So... We get this new heaven and new earth, there'd be no need for time. And that sea will be taken away. All right. Verse two, and I saw, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more, no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And then verse 5, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Amen. Praise God. Now, before this, before the new heaven and new earth, I kind of skipped a little bit. But before this, the great white throne judgment will take place. This great white throne judgment is for unsaved people. Okay, And, and also uh, angels will be judged at that time. And also uh, Old Testament saints. Uh, tribulation saints, millennial saints, they will be judged for rewards. 
Okay. So uh, now, as I said, in a dispensation, there is a test, there is failure of man, and then there is judgment from God. So the test in this dispensation is trust and obey Christ. The failure is Satan leads rebellion against God. And then the judgment from God is Satan and lost of all ages are cast into the lake of fire. All right. So let's go ahead and let's let's uh, let's read that um, really quick. Uh, let's see. Revelation. Chapter. Where is that? There, uh, Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15. You want to read that, brother? Absolutely. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no more place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of all those out of, out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead, which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead, which were in them. And they, and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Amen. All right. So so you're going to see there um, the book of life was open and some other books were opened. Those other books that are going to be open and it's going to judge the dead are the 66 books of the King James Bible. God's word. God's word will judge them. And the book of life. Now, uh, a lot of people think that hell and the lake of fire are the same place. But you can see right here that they're not. Hell is at the center of the earth. Right. And, you know, Christ said he would be at the heart of the earth three days and three nights. Right. Christ went into hell. He did not suffer there. But he dumped our sins there. And then he went to Abraham's bosom and he led captivity captive. All right. So so now. That begs a question. Where is the lake of fire? And I'm kind of I'm kind of getting a little bit off of topic here, but but where is the lake of fire? Could it possibly be? I I cannot prove it, but could it possibly be? Remember when 
when God divided the waters from the waters, and then now there's water up above the firmament and water below the firmament. So could it be that the lake of fire is the water that is below the firmament? It could be possible, but I, but I can't prove it. Just you know, something to something to study right? and uh, and see see what um, the Lord gives you with it. All right. So so that is that is the uh, dispensation of the kingdom, and that concludes the series on the seven dispensations. So, do you have anything, brother, that that um, that you want to add or ask or whatever? No, I don't see. I don't have nothing off top of uh, my head, brother. Amen. No, and I I really enjoyed uh, teaching the, this series on the on the dispensations, and. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's a blessing, brother, to to learn dispensationalism and you know how to rightly divide the word of truth and and uh, put put doctrines in the right places. And you know, when I when I started learning dispensationalism, everything just started to click, and the yeah. Bible. The Bible came alive for me. And so praise God for that. So I I don't um I, I don't know uh what uh what we'll study uh, on the on the next Bible study but uh but I will pray about it and um, see what the Lord does. And uh, if if the Lord uh, gives you something, brother, that uh, that you want to teach, just uh, let me know. And and you're more than welcome to you're more than welcome to teach, brother. So. All right. Oh, all right. So I will uh, I will go ahead and. Um, and I will uh, stop recording.